and welcome to The New Conspiracist, the show that separates the reality from the rubbish, the facts from the futurity, the certitude from the codswallop. I'm Jolyon Rubenstein, presenter, protagonist, polymath and alien obsessive. Keeping us on the straight and narrow though, and generally fact-checking my nonsense, is the one, the only, James Ball. How are we doing, Jamesy? Doing good, Joel. Who's our guest this week? Well, I'm really excited about this because I've wanted to have her on the show for ages. Our guest is none other than Stella Creasy. She's the MP for Walthamstow. She has been for 12 years, former Labour frontbencher and a bastion for women's rights in the UK. Very exciting. This is The New Conspiracist, the podcast that dives into the silly and the serious world of conspiracy theories. So, Joel, what are we discussing this week with Stella? We're discussing, and I think it's fair to say, one of the biggies, one of the really super special ones, chemtrails. I have been so looking forward to this one. Let's get into it. So as I said, this week we are joined by Stella Creasy MP. Stella, welcome to The New Conspiracist. Thank you very much for having me. Or did you know I was coming already? I did, I did. <laughs> what was your, like, entry-level conspiracy theory? Like, what was the first one you, like, heard at uni or whatever? Oh, that Elvis was stacking shelves in West Bromwich. I love that one. <laughs> love it. That's very it, specific. But come on, if it were true, how cool would that be? I mean, many of us spent years walking around supermarkets late at night looking just to see whether <laughs> there was somebody with a wonky hip. Do you think, like, Tesco was behind it to get, like, more late-night teenage custom? To- totally Morrison's. Totally Morrison's every single time. So, Stella, you've been an MP for Walthamstow since 2012? 2010. 2010. Pre-Olympics. That's how long it's been. You were the former Shadow Minister for Business and Crime Prevention. But obviously, and I think most people sort of recognise your work for this, you campaigned really successfully on issues like better regulation of payday loans companies and specifically on women's rights. And then you decided the absolute heresy of it to bring a baby into the chamber. Not just one, but two babies at two various points. Two babies. I mean, Unbelievable. Uh, absolute scenes. I mean, come absolute on. This is, this is what everyone says. You let in one baby and then suddenly there's two. And suddenly everybody in there Where is behaving badly ends? and soiling themselves. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. And is it true that your dad is actually a trained opera singer? Yes. Is that true? Yes. Yes. So as a kid, I wasn't allowed to go and see him because the very first time I went to see him before, I must have been about five, I got up and shouted, that's my daddy! And my mum was mortified. (laughs) Amazing. And to be honest, every time I went to see him, I still felt like that. So, you know, when you're doing it as a kid, it's cute. When you're doing it as an adult, bit awkward, bit weird. (laughs) Security get involved. No, but for real, there's so many of my female friends who... Love opera? Well, no, (laughs) I was going to say... Where does this No, no, but I mean, have, have really benefited from being able to talk to their employers as a result you know, of you taking your babies into the chamber. Well, I didn't I mean, it was actually want to take deal. my baby into the chamber. Like, I made sure he was really well fed, so he was just very asleep, like yeah. kind of milk drunk. Um, <laughs> but I didn't have any maternity cover. And it seems daft to me with the constituency that I've got and the people in Walthamstow deserve representation. I had to choose between being a good parent and being a good MP. Yeah. If you don't give me maternity cover and there's stuff that needs to be raised and issues need to be taken up, like... 24 hours, in fact, less than 24 hours after I'd given birth, I was on the phone to a minister, absolutely off my face on morphine, because you are when you've just given birth, talking about the situation in Afghanistan, because I had loads of residents in Walthamstow for whom it was literally a life or death scenario for their relatives. Without maternity cover, that's the reality. And was Dominic Rab on a holiday at this point, Probably. just on airplane I, mode? Or? Yeah, he, he wasn't answering my calls about doing some babysitting. Weird. So, um, Weird. I mean, at least they got the dogs and cats out. 
That's the most important thing. As Still we all too know. soon. I know quite a few people who worked in Afghanistan, the level of rage that they airlifted some pets out and not, you know... People who well, actually but the thing is, it's still it. going on. We've still got yeah. people who are still stuck. They're still trying to get to the border. And now we've got people stuck in hotels. Like, it doesn't end because the home office in this country is just not fit for purpose. In the same um, way, it doesn't end for women who now all have to universally wear the burqa just because it's not on the front pages of the paper. Yeah, but the general told us that the, the Taliban had changed and they oh. thought they'd be... So that's all right, then. Oh, that's fine, then. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I mean, they're, point, to- they, they're yeah. not the old... Oh, that Taliban! Not the oh, old, old Taliban! He got a bit confused. The new guys. <laughs> new Taliban, new danger? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's also true, isn't it, that you um, shut down the famously well-kempt prime minister when he started to question the attire that you were wearing in the chamber. I mean, I've been questioned at various points. Um, The sun took umbrage at me and what I was wearing when I was campaigning on page three, which I thought was particularly (laughs) ironic. I love that. Uh, And then some woman on the on the internet interweb got very affronted. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, no, it was just, it was a skirt, but it was a skirt made of PVC, so... Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Is it true that you're going to hold constituency meetings in the Bergheim in Berlin as well? Is that is that also true? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a long way to go to talk to people about their bins, isn't it? But, well, if, it needs that, to be, but... if it needs to be done... Banging soundtrack. <laughs> banging soundtrack in the Bergheim. So, look, before we launch into today's mm. topic and talk chemtrails... Are you into conspiracy theories? Is it something that you find fun? <laughs> is it just terrifying to you? How do you answer you? that? Because, like, if you're not into them, maybe you are secretly into them, yeah. but you're part of the conspiracy. Totally. Listen, I, I love conspiracy theories, A, because I think it shows just people have watched too much Netflix. Totally. But B, also, I think it reveals a deeper truth about our world right now, which is that people want conspiracy theories because the alternative is that, frankly, people in the place where I work really don't know what they're doing. I mean, also- And a the conspiracy theory means somebody has a plan and there's somebody who actually knows what's going to happen next the ultimate reality and the alternative is that literally you have elected Boris Johnson and Dominic Rabb and Kwasi Kwarteng and they have no idea what they are doing and they are in charge of your future so which would you rather well Stella you're a politician and I'm a journalist so I'm actually legally obliged to ask you at this stage (laughs) how many sinister conspiracies are you part of not enough clearly (laughs) is the answer to well you know I can put you in touch with a few great cabals you know fantastic North London so you must be in at least Six I mean, seven. exactly. They, they sell chai lattes in my constituency, <laughs> so I must yeah, be part of something. Definitely yeah. Minati vibes. So listen, Stella, what we'd like to do with our guests is to find out just, you know, how they feel about certain conspiracy theories. So we're going to play <laughs> a quick cold. fire yes. game. Wish it were true. A quick fire game of conspiracies where you tell us whether you think each of these so-called conspiracies are a conspiracy or not. Okay, you ready? Yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, the moon landings. Uh, <laughs> oh my Creasy God! Denies the moon landing. Oh my God! I just realised you're entire, like you're actually asking whether I think people landed on. Yes. Do you yeah. think people landed on? <laughs> yes, people landed on the moon. You would be amazed at the amount of. And yes, there is a there, yeah, there is like, a terrible joke about Neil Armstrong that when you're very drunk at a pub late at night, I'll tell you. Right, great. <laughs> I mean, you, you will be held to that. About okay. Mr. Gorski. Anybody listening who's ever heard it knows why but, I can't repeat it as a politician. Okay, but. Bigfoot. Yes. You think Bigfoot is a conspiracy? Bigfoot exists. No, but I think Bigfoot is probably just a really big bear (laughs) without a razor. Okay, Loch Ness, Loch Ness monster. Sadly, no. But I wish it was true because then it would justify why I would never go in the water. But what about like a mastodon? What about a prehistoric a megalodon beast? A megalodon. Megalodons are true, and they scared the bejesus out of me. I mean, mean, amazing, right? And even with you, Jason Statham, there to help you, I just genuinely. (laughs) I saw on Lad Bible they said with Loch Ness monster is that it's just a whale's penis. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, what Did you see that? Yeah. It's genuinely, if, if you've missed this on the internet, well done. Yeah, it's a sad one. <laughs> okay, um, can I just be very clear? I'm not going to sit in the parliamentary chamber and Google that. So let's just yeah. be very clear about that. I mean, it's not tractors. So, <laughs> you know, how bad could it get? The big conspiracy in parliament is the internet is really rubbish. So everyone so, uses their 4G, yeah. which... Uh, or 5G. Yeah. Ooh. And then Ooh. suddenly Ooh. the planes appear. <laughs> now, listen, we're not done with my quiz Sorry. yet. The earth is flat. <laughs> We have had yes answers. And just for the audio uh, uh, guide, Stella Crucia puts her hands over her face, whimpering quietly into them. Asks if she can get under the desk now, please. So we take that as a no. Shall no, I? the Earth, the Earth is round. Okay, well, well, it's not even round because when the physics geeks would say to you, it's not round. It's, it's an it's... oblate spheroid. Yeah. All oh, right. Shut up, Brainiac. <laughs> Who cares? All right, get get that in countdown, it's and then we'll talk. It's fucking round. Okay, <laughs> the world is round. Okay, we all live in a computer simulation. Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay, there you yeah, go. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I believe definitely. that one as well. Basically, I am the living incarnation of Elon Musk. He created me. I am <laughs> super yeah. excited to see the sidebar of shame clip that one up. <laughs> I am, I am the living embodiment of Elon I am Musk. Says MP. I am your worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With a little sprinkling of Piers Morgan interpretation. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so a quick reminder of today's topic: chemtrails, those sort of long, wispy, cloud-like trails that come out the back of aeroplanes. Known to science and aviation nerds as contrails, known by conspiracy theorists as manufactured chemical manipulation. Stella. What made you pick chemtrails as the topic today? Well, in 12 years of being an MP, it is one of the consistent, comforting things that it comes back time and time again in the correspondence that I get. And as an MP, you get an awful lot of stuff sent to you, some of which is incredibly mind-blowing, some of which... It starts off and you think, okay, this person's concerned, and then you (laughs) realise that there's something else going on there. (laughs) And then some of it, you're just like, there's war breaking out in Europe there is a climate emergency, there are massive inequalities, structural systemic racism on society, and you are emailing me about this and your belief that actually the whole thing... Is. So, <laughs> But Chemtrails has a nice kind of, you know, in 12 years, it comes back time and time again, and it gets updated as well, which I think is great, because I think, you know, if you're going to be a conspiracy theorist, you can't stand still. You can't just rest on your laurels <laughs> that you've got a classic... It's, you know, it's like a band. You've okay, got you've to stay, a great you've got to first album, current, but yeah, you've got to stay current. Yourself. You've got to keep yourself on those Spotify listings, and that means you've got to reinvent a, an oldie but goodie. And Chemtrails comes up time and time again and gets updated every couple of years with a new variation. So you were saying just before we went on air that you've uh, actually brought us a treat. You've brought in some samples from the mailbag on this. Oh, uh, amazing. Can you share... Well, yeah, and so there's a couple of things that really strikes me about chemtrails. I mean, one, just in of itself as a theory, it's got some great great legs to it's it. About, awesome. About oh, actually what is in the, the in the trail and the poisons and the various poisons in it. And then, as I say, it gets updated. So recently I've had it connected to 5G. I mean, I love the fact that actually <laughs> the chemtrails are caused by 5G. How your phone is getting an aeroplane, I don't know. But then also what I love is that some of the aficionados spend a lot of time on this. So, so I had a guy who wrote to me, every single person who writes to me and tells me, why aren't we being told about this? And <laughs> as an MP, what you want to do is, I mean, I, I feel very strongly that my residents have a right to be heard and they have a right to a response. They might not like what they hear, but they, yeah. they have a right not to be ignored. So I'll always go back with kind of 
the evidence that I've got on something, and that includes on chemtrails. And I've written back to people, and what you get back every single time is, yeah, you might have science, but. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this guy wrote back to me, and he said, uh, but having done some basic observation myself and some independent research, so, you know, you and your... Oh, he's done his research, done his research. Including filming, I'm utterly convinced that the planes ejecting chemtrails are not scheduled flights. That's the important one. (laughs) This Saturday, I counted well over 200 passes before giving up over North London. God. The planes were white with no markings. Now, to be fair, they're probably quite high up in the sky, so... (laughs) Also, white, you know, famously, planes are never white. (laughs) It gets better. They fly in repeated patterns and are not listed in any flight schedules. So he's got his... He's got got the little flyer app thing, doesn't he? Other scheduled flights flying at the same height ejected no trails at all on that day. I have video evidence of this as I filmed for two hours. (laughs) Wow. Wow. If I showed you... (laughs) or you took the time to go to Hollow Ponds one clear day, you would see what I describe. So, I, I mean, I love that idea that he want, that this guy... And, and I admire his passion. And I have total respect for him as a resident. I want to be really clear. Yeah. Oh, I Whilst can feel also that. feeling that if you're spending two hours of your day filming white dots in the air that you can't tell the difference between because you can't see any markings on them, that we maybe need to help you find something else for your passion. Also, there's, there's apps that, obviously, I know lots of aviation nerds, shut up. Uh, there's apps where you can just point a phone at a plane and it tells you what that plane is. Like, what? we are quite good at tracking planes. It's not, you know, like cars. So <laughs> I, I'm going to respond to you with his words. Uncomfortable information is never welcome, I realise. <laughs> and though it seems far-fetched, I cannot come up with any explanation for what I see other than military jets spraying the sky. Amazing. As crazy as it sounds, I think I can prove it and I have the evidence. (laughs) So, you know, you two and your apps... I know, I know. ...and your idea that maybe jumping from I can't identify the planes to their military to what they're spraying is a... Is well, a leap of a correlation and causation. I am, I am having to absolutely yeah, get not back to in your box. jump in on this Listen, one. Stay in your one. lane. What I love the most is that this guy literally says, I don't know, but, you know. But from I know the more expert, than you. <laughs> exactly. From the expert that is moi, I can deduce that moi has a theory, a very nice little theory, and that it's the most plausible possible. I mean, it is what, really what? the sick of experts thing, isn't it? Ad nauseum. What I quite like, though, is he thinks that the military, presumably acting on some kind of official orders, is spraying with chemicals. And firstly, he goes outside to where there's loads of it. So, like, you know, (laughs) gives himself presumably a much higher dose or something. But also it's like, right, there's this massive military coup type thing going on. I know who can fix it. My constituency MP. Funny you should say that. So another person who wrote to me... (laughs) But she's part of the Illuminati, dude. (laughs) Everyone knows that. I have taken photos and it's scary how fast the trails turn into cloud cover. You can see them spread out. I'm an artist here in Walthamstow, so I often look at the skies. Oh, that's such a nice sentence. So many of us take cloud formations for granted, but once you see chemtrails in action, you wonder what is going on and why we aren't being told about it. You're my local MP, and I know you are dedicated and proactive, for example, on women's rights. Please look into it on behalf of all of us. Oh, <laughs> I think that's a lovely one, though. What, what I particularly like is... I don't know what like power I would have. When we clip Stella reading these bits, so it sounds like she's a devoted chemtrails uh, yeah. believer. That is part of it. <laughs> that's, that's got to be really good. So listen, listen. Well, and, and I will announce that this is going to be my next big campaign. <laughs> that's your new campaign, you know, had enough no, should, of women's rights. Yeah, the chemtrails now. But, but it's also like you can't win, because no. the idea that you're not being told about it, and that actually even if you're coming up with evidence that says, look, this isn't 
various chemicals. Aluminium is the one that comes up time and time again, right. which I think is where the 5G thing comes in. Yeah. You're also being asked to do something about it, but it's kind of like you cannot win. <laughs> <laughs> but who does have the constituency in the sky? You know, I mean, it's difficult. There isn't an MP the for that yet. The constituency in the sky sounds like some modern vicar sort of trying to build mm. to a sermon. The, the, the beginning of that a, flagpole. Beginning of a new Philip Pullman novel. But it is yeah. fascinating because like, literally I had an ex-girlfriend whose mum... Oh, well done you. Was, I know, very good, right, very good. Thanks very much. But whose mum was genuinely convinced that we are absolutely part of a... Because a lot of this comes from the old 70s kind of weather control mm. project, right? And this was, to be fair, as with most conspiracies... Cloud bursting. Of, no, this, right. this is not a conspiracy. It's a thing. So what it, is cloud bursting? It, it doesn't work super well, but there are chemicals that you can basically seed into a cloud that will make it rain a bit quicker. It's been used at sporting events and stuff like that. They trialled it at Wimbledon. They used it at the Beijing Olympics. Right. You can't do anything all that dramatic with it. But basically, clouds sort of start raining as the water vapour agglomerates into a drop and comes down. And so you do stuff that makes it pull together a bit quicker. And so it'll rain a little bit earlier than it would. But you see, this is where then the ultimate conspiracy, which is that Paw Patrol is the font of all evil in the world, comes (laughs) into play. Because, and I kid you not, because I've watched this so many times... (laughs) The plot of the new Paw Patrol, or not so much new Paw Patrol film, is about a mayor who gets a cloud control machine. Amazing. And then all hell breaks loose in the weather and and the various puppies come (laughs) to save you. So basically it is the chemtrail theory made real. I'll be honest, I've never really watched Paw Patrol. But I I hear it's like a kind of fascist puppy state. It's pretty trippy. There's lots of emergencies that seem to involve lots of dogs. No job too big, no pup too small. It doesn't even make sense. Why does the size of the dog make a difference? Also, isn't there like one lady dog? And, and, and she's also like um, from Bristol. It's really weird. She's got a really <laughs> strong West Country accent. She's called Sky. And it's like what? But but that is genuinely about cloud control and about the technology that is there. So you think we're training a whole new generation of children to believe in chemtrails, essentially? And that you let because, your children watch that. It, that's filthy. when it comes back to Netflix. It's like the whole thing is interlinked. So we, I, I have to say, just for anyone who's only listening on the audio, I cannot quite describe the terrifying manic energy in Stella's eyes when she. She mentioned Paw Patrol. Yeah, like, she's clearly been on the edge. I've watched it so many times. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Welcome back to The New Conspiracist, where we're talking about chemtrails. So, James, look, let's start going deep into this, all right? So we've we kind of touched on it a bit, but this is a conspiracy theory that has been around for quite a while, isn't it? Pretty much as long as there's been, like, commercial aviation, because they do look very distinctive. You know, you see a plane fly... It leaves the trail behind. They do end up crisscrossing the sky. It's almost as if there are fixed flight routes. And so, you know, they're there. You might say that. (laughs) (laughs) But I have a constituent who can prove with two hours of footage that he'll make you watch otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) They also 
they form much more distinctly and stay for much longer on days without loads of wind and days where there's lower sort of water vapour in the air Mm. Uh, because otherwise they just disperse quickly into cloud or they don't really form up as visibly. So some days they're incredibly obvious and it does tend to be sort of hot, clear days. And so people see the sky looking really crisscrossed and they're like, well, it didn't look like that yesterday. You know, it doesn't look like that the next day. They're like, something happened on that day. That Mm. must have been spraying day. And because, again, they form more when it's not windy, people are like, ah, you see, windy weather, you never see those trails. That's because they don't spray because it would miss. What do the quote-unquote scientists say? Because it's just, it's frozen crystalline water vapour, no? It's not even sort of necessarily frozen. I mean, it's not just water vapour, it's pollution. It's chemicals. <laughs> I mean, it is chemicals. It's There is some hydrocarbon in there. It's mostly water. But, you know, you're burning fuel. You know yeah. that thing at the back of your car yeah, <laughs> where you know, there's an exhaust it, it, There pipe. is an issue in terms of emissions and yeah. climate, but, it, but it's not aluminium. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is dropping CO2 into the upper atmosphere where it does the most harm. Yeah, so, I'm like, sorry, Stella, have you, do you not know that the, the Koch brothers are sponsoring this podcast? <laughs> anything to do with yeah. climate crisis. We're not really interested in it. Uh, the climate opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Hotter summers, you sure, know. Surely, crisitunity. <laughs> yes, crisitunity. Also, this uh, is a good time to put so on So Stella Creasy brings you crisitunity, right. sponsored by the Koch brother. And Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really awkward if Saudi backs it sponsors I know. us now. It's going to be... Com- Welcome to Neom, the future. <laughs> For anyone who's not a Saudi woman. But Jay, it's kind of true though, isn't it, that the chemtrails conspiracy theory really went crazy after the US Air Force published a report in 1996 about weather modification. What was that about? Yeah, so, I mean, this was the cloud bursting idea. They were looking at ways to sort of mess with the weather, much, much more around things like agriculture and food security and weather people might weaponize it to threaten it than like anything battlefieldy. Right. Because it's really important, but, right? I mean, it, gen- <clears throat> genuinely, yeah. in places like the UAE, where they get like zero rain, they utilize these yeah. kind of things all the time. Don't oh, they? yeah. And like water politics is serious politics. You know, look at the sort of stuff that goes on around dams and like access to water from the Hoover Dam in America is like a massive issue over seven states. Wow. So stuff that can move rain around stresses people out. But that's not what people are alleging chemtrails do. Like 90% of cases, they're saying it makes you docile in some way or it's to subdue you or it's to... (laughs) So one of my constituents wrote to me and said, quote, unquote, there's no evidence that contrails cause health problems, but actually the health problems that she's concerned about were rickets, vitamin D deficiency and other human conditions relating to a lack of sunlight. (laughs) So if this is actually about making us docile, it's a very long-term plan, turning us all into kind of penfold and a mould. It's this thing where, what could it be? People like to do aluminium, but if you had raised aluminium, you can test for, like, you know, if you had raised levels of aluminium in your blood, it comes up in a blood test. That's easy to check. Yeah. You know, other stuff, it could be, you know, scalapamine, GHB, you know, it could be... DMT. I mean, you, think, so, I mean, cor- you, you think the planes are roofing us? Well, that's <laughs> planes, sort of the suggestion. The planes people, are roofing an entire people, generation. People have suggested it's SSRIs, as if they sort of make you lovely and trippy. And I, like, I'm on SSRIs right now. 
do I seem cheery and docile? Is that because you've been at an airport? (laughs) (laughs) But isn't this also like quite like the kind of fluoride in the water, mind control, keeping us all sort of submissive to the state? Well, this is the thing that really stresses me out with chemtrails. I once made the mistake of sitting near someone on a plane who spent seven hours telling me about chemtrails. And the whole way through, I just couldn't help but try not to shout and then go, you're on a fucking plane! (laughs) (laughs) I'm really glad you didn't because I'm terrified. (laughs) I'm really scared. And this is the sad thing about it because, like, I worry about the people who write to me about it Mm. are genuinely concerned and frightened to the extent that they're worried about going outdoors. So, actually, trying to find a way of dispelling their concerns and saying, no, look, honestly, this is not the thing you should be worrying about because here's the actual science, here's the reality of it is really important because otherwise people are becoming recluses because they yeah. genuinely think somebody is up there going, I'm going to get them, I'm going to get them. So, so the that's one, heartbreaking. The one I like with this one is it doesn't make any sense on conspiracy terms. You don't have to go, oh, well, so, no, Which conspiracies make sense? So some of them, the internal logic works. They're completely insane from the outside, but, you know, internally they make sense. You know, like the tinfoiling. Yeah, if there was like an evil cabal, they would do this. If you had sufficient control, you know, as a government or secret state, that you could routinely fly hundreds and hundreds of planes and, like, crop dust a country from 30,000 feet, it would need to be something that would work So you're work basically saying, James, is that we're not competent enough to make Ken- <laughs> As a country, no, no, we're no, basically no. we're failing in the capacity yeah. of the statecraft if to you, be able to yes. properly dose the public. A failure of the British state. No, Gets chemtrails done. Basically, if you Forget could, PPI and all the concerns yeah. about corruption there. It's chemtrails and if, the failure to do that, could, that. If you could do that, you could just put it in the fucking reservoirs. As it's an MP water, who has quite easy. a lot of reservoirs, please don't start that rumour. Yeah, please, please, just... My postbox is quite big already. So, I, but, yeah, essentially... <laughs> The MP for Walthamstow agrees we don't need chemtrails because all of the chemicals can go in the water. Please don't. (laughs) So, Stella, why do you think it is that we're living in an age where a lot of these conspiracy theories are pretty sexy, quite funny and entertaining as a form of entertainment, but a lot of people seem to sort of be tuning into this narrative now rather than actually sort of dealing with the sort of rationalist... Come on, it's on people like me. It's our responsibility, our fault as politicians. People have no trust, and and I understand why, um, in the political process in democracy. 41% of people in this country don't think democracy works anymore. Mm. And in that space, extremism flourishes, and so do conspiracy theories. Because if you cannot trust the people that are supposed to be the people figuring out what you do about things like the climate crisis then who do you trust? You may as well trust a bloke on on the interweb who's been spending two hours filming this stuff and happens to turn up on your feed because he's probably more real with you than your prime minister. I mean, Hogarth used to tell you not to trust your politicians, but sure. now actually people have evidence about where there's been systemic misinformation. Are you um, suggesting there's something of a problem if you have, you know, a number 10 that routinely and systemically, you know, <laughs> lies, misleads parliament and the public and, and, and uh, then seems to get away with it? And that actually men's, you're supposed to do that, yeah. But I think it goes deeper than that. It's also about what's the alternative. Like, if we make out that it is Hogwarts and mm. you vote for 650 people with magic wands and they can fix everything... And then the problems in the world get worse, not better, and feel more complicated, and everything feels more uncertain. I mean, I've got jumpers older than the internet, right? Everything has moved so quickly. (laughs) And then your leaders so obviously aren't up to the task and indeed are almost laughing at you because, like, they're they're lying. I mean, they're just straight. I mean, we're not in the chamber now. We can actually say lying and not get kicked out. You know, 
is it any wonder that people look to alternative sources of information because they think, well, I can't trust you, but I need to know what's going on. So all of this for me is a failure of politics. I mean, it's a, that's it's why, a real problem, That's isn't why it? I try and spend the time with my constituents trying to debunk some of this stuff. Mm. Because A, as I say, they're, they're living in fear, but also because it's really important that the alternative, which is where this rise of extremism, of more extreme views, and also the ability that people then have to filter out and find other people who will say to them, oh, well, of course, you know, she's going to lie to you, but here's a video from my mate. I'm now on, for my sins, way too many WhatsApp groups, mm. especially with other MPs. I mean, God. Like, <laughs> wow. I don't even don't, want to yeah. know. Um, but also just generally with local people in the community, because they're now used to sharing this stuff, because nobody's kind of going... Actually, is that true? Because where do you get truth from? I have two quick questions here. No, what? you can't see my phone. No, <laughs> damn it. Look, I've got to get stories from somewhere. We're not allowed to hack them anymore. Um, do all MPs WhatsApp groups write in that weird way that those Tory ones do, where they're definitely not written to leak to the public? What I think we should do now, fellow colleagues, is... You know, let our values guide us and let the vision of our Prime Minister go. Like, are there any WhatsApp well, no, the groups sweet, in which sweetest, you talk like actual humans? The sweetest thing is inevitably people adding into the wrong WhatsApp group by mistake. <laughs> and, then, wow. and then that kind of beat and pause of moment where you know that everybody has seen it, it's too late to delete. <laughs> and so what do people do? Like, that's human errors. And people have that in every workplace. And then also people forwarding, like, videos that have always been sent by other people that you're like, um... <laughs> that's probably not... You know, you meant to send it to your friends group, rather. I, I just love the sort of full sentences very clearly gone through an advisor oh, to the WhatsApp group. Yeah. It's like, yeah, great, well done. The more serious question... Was, you know, you're saying you do try and respond to everyone, you know, they're a constituent. Not every, I mean, no, <laughs> people who are constituents, yeah. yeah. To, to the constituents as, yeah. as part of the job. Have you ever had one where someone's, you know, not necessarily on chemtrails, but on a conspiracy and you've sent them some info and they've actually gone, okay, thanks, I'm not worried about this anymore. Does that happen? You have people who are, I would say, more reassured but still wary because fundamentally, like I'm a politician. I mean, it's like you know, y you're never going to get Shit, fair. Are you? It's it's weird, isn't it? It's like she's such a politician so as well. It's strange. It's the worst thing you... ever. It's like you can never go to the pub with people now because it's like people going to the pub with their head teacher. It's really <laughs> awkward and cringy. You just can't be a normal. You can me. come to the pub with us. It's fine. Yeah, we're media. We don't count. And, and yeah, do we, we want don't to, count. do we want to talk about your midterm reports? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you were kind of saying yeah. before James uh, classically cut you off that you think that. This sort of epoch-like change in the technology, as in moving to an age of the internet where these things are spread, you know, in a way that is was almost impossible to, you know, mm. before, is at the heart of where this kind of you know upsurge in this sort of let's say this sort of political veracity of these what were clearly so like for avoidance of doubt, I don't think this is Twitter. Yeah, I think people have had for a long time concerns about politics, whether people are honest, whether... Tr and trust is everything, because if people don't trust you, it doesn't matter whether you've got a brilliant idea or not, they know you're not going to be able to do it, so why would they bother? Yeah. I think what has happened in the modern age is that pace of separation has got a lot quicker. So separation from, actually, am I hearing somebody else who might challenge this... I mean, it takes a lot, doesn't it, on social media to go and follow people who disagree with you now because actually yeah. all the algorithms... Like, but fundamentally, that is also a conscious choice people are making in real life too. Mm. You know, It's not if you cancelled the interwebs on now, all the stuff would go away. I understand why people are sceptical about politicians. I'm not here to defend them. We have not covered ourselves in grace, especially recently, and that is a plague on all our houses, and we all have to do better at that. But the spaces where you can fix that 
are shrinking. That's mm. what really worries me. Like when I first got elected in 2010, at least people would ask a question. Now they start angry and then they ask the question. And even if they're bothering to ask the question, it's kind of like, you probably won't do anything about this. Mm. Or it is, you probably won't tell me the truth about it. You're like, well, where yeah. do I go with that? Because if I tell you that chemtrails don't exist, you're like, yeah, but you would say that, wouldn't you? You're like, I, it's like arguing with my granddad. And my granddad used to say to me, uh, if you disagree with me, I can only beg you to think further. And you'd be like, no, uh, where, where do I go with that? My grand's version of that was he could prove anything with facts. Yeah, and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, <laughs> One of the things that I think is quite rare about actually having an MP on is being able to actually say, OK, well, if the Labour Party took charge of government, what would they do to try to change this reality obviously telling the truth (laughs) is is a good idea but one of the things that many people suggest is that places like facebook places like youtube need to have the same regulation and be recognized as publishers in the same way that newspapers are there's there's legislation now coming forward in parliament about that as the online safety bill because also this doesn't hit everybody equally. A white man of a certain age, one of my colleagues was saying that to me, saying, oh, I just don't get as much abuse as you guys, as if that was a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you don't want to have this. And that place where we're trying to shut spaces down. So yeah, look, there's an argument about what you do about social media. There's an argument about what you do about online forums. Would you try but to push them, them to, to be regulators further. though? Would you, well, um, so would you... well, there's this thing about bringing an Ofcom, isn't there? And yeah. that's, that's what's going to come up in the bill. But I actually think one of the things that's really important about all of this is this is happening offline as well and actually before you get to the point where people are connecting online we've got to get people not just out of their bedrooms but able to talk to people who they disagree with and that means you have to do government in a different way i am one of those boring nerdy hippie types of people who come from the co-op part of the labor movement right and i believe passionately that people know best at a local level how to do things it's not a problem that you have to manage people getting involved in stuff it's a real response i am your worst nightmare as your local MP, because people come to me about things, and I'm like, right, okay, what are we going to do about it? You now you've told me about <laughs> it, that's not job done. Like, we're going to do things together. And I think we have to fundamentally change the way we do public services in order to rebuild that trust. And that means bringing people with you. And it means giving them power. Like things like the climate emergency, you're not going to solve from Westminster because it means all of us have to live complete, including flying. (laughs) Everybody has to be part of that conversation. And you've got uh, doing politics differently is a really hard thing to do with a bunch of people who have been told that they work in Hogwarts, they've got a magic wand, Mm. and if they don't fix things, it's curtains. I mean, you mentioned earlier the idea that, you know, we need to start sort of having grown-up solutions. God, I do sound like the head teacher, don't I? But quite seriously, I think that, you know, underneath a lot of, as James was saying, you know, populism, Mm. one sort of huge strand of that in this country has been the culture. Do you think that in a way, just to sort of come to terms with our own history, there needs to be basically what happened in Germany after the war, some sort of truth and reconciliation commission to actually unite these very disparate wings? Because I think this lies at the heart of, particularly on the left, where a lot of the fractured sort of parts of what used to be actually relatively hopeful people seem to have sort of transmogrified into the ardent conspiracy theory. You, oh, what, left-wing conspiracy theories? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, and, and, and I deal with those people within my own political party and wider political movements. Actually, I don't, I don't think they would accept a truth and reckon because the idea that you would hear alternative views isn't canon. Mm. I mean, actually, I think there's something different there about the, the intellectual confidence. So I'm incredibly ideological, right? I, I know why I'm on the left. I know why I call myself a socialist or a cooperator. But I'm not tribal. You know, during the work we were doing on, on abortion, I went and lobbied Jacob Rees-Smog, which I some remember. people would have said, like, what are you doing that for? But you're like, well, actually, I need to hear the alternative view because 
he might have picked up on something I've missed. And if he hasn't, then it helps me continue on. We don't have that way of thinking on the left. And actually, that's one of the things that's really troubling to me. Because on the right, people do, because they'll always go, well, even we disagree, the market will sort it out. Um, So actually, I think before we get to a point where you could have, say, some of the most virulent people who are opposed to citizens' assemblies and deliberative democracy are on the left. Yeah. Because they see it as... I mean, I, I had somebody who said to me, oh, well, you shouldn't be supporting um, food banks and you shouldn't be working with them because people should see the damage this government had done. And you were like, you want people to suffer wow. yeah. in order to prove a political point. It's the accelerationist that, thing, isn't that it? That space for having those conversations. Do I think we should be teaching these things in school? Yes, absolutely. Do I think the government is setting up a culture? Of course they are. Do I think most people think... Be kind and whether it is on trans rights whether it is understanding systemic racism in this country most people recognize that they probably don't know enough about it and they'd quite like to learn a bit more but without feeling like they were going to get into trouble for doing so yeah and so everything this government is doing to polarize that debate makes it less likely that you have those conversations and less likely that people will be challenged or people will have to come to an accommodation because what? they're actually shutting down debate by saying you're either woke or you're against freedom of speech but the left I think has a different challenge to face which is about being willing to recognize that listening to other people can either strengthen your debate or make you move in the right direction how much do we sort of have to address as well when people feel comfortable when people feel services are good they know they've got a stable income they've got control in their life people tend not to believe conspiracy theories people are being sort of alienated from politics and about to really, really feel a pinch. But we I, haven't got the I worst of the crisis yet. I think it goes back to what we were yet. talking at the start about people understanding that there is a plan. Because I think what people look at right now is they are at absolute pinch point and they just they see a, a government kind of going, well, there's nothing we can do. There are going to be difficult choices. Any government would have to make difficult choices, but there are different choices that could be made. And the fact that people aren't involved in that, I think, is the biggest worry. So like this summer, we're running a project to see if we can cut people's carbon emissions and costs in the community at the same time. Um, because cool. you want food banks to go out of business. Nobody should go hungry in the modern world. You want baby banks and pooling all the plastic and clothes and things to be a standard thing to do so that people aren't having to spend aren't thousands of pounds. Aren't baby banks orphanages? <laughs> <laughs> poor houses, actually. It's a, a rebranding. Bring back the poor house. But you know what? Like that, that is a completely different way of thinking. And all the time, Westminster is just so sclerotic and caught up in finding blame and just a mess. And it is a mess. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. We are in total Gramscian territory here about the old has died, the new needs to be reborn and everywhere else is monsters. Mm. Where I work right now is full of monsters. What you're asking really is, can it fix it? I don't know, but I know we have to try because the alternative is is so much worse. And every one of those conspiracy theories, whether it is blaming Muslims, blaming Jews, whether it is about asylum seekers, whether it is about what causes poverty, is a comfort blanket for people because when you look at the alternative, it is found wanting. I just think you get the politicians you deserve. So if you think politics is terrible, don't walk away from it. Get stuck in and change it, because otherwise you will get Boris Johnson again and again and again. Just before we wrap, I did some maths, or I actually stole some maths from the internet. You stole Uh, maths from the interweb. Was it on somebody's uh, Facebook page? It probably was. Uh, (laughs) But on the chemtrails thing... I just want to really annoy anyone who believes in homeopathy who's listening now. It turns out there's quite a lot of air. Like, the atmosphere goes 50 miles up. It gets thinner as it goes up. But that means, roughly, there's about 5,000 trillion tonnes of air. That's a lot, right? Apparently, 4.2 billion cubic kilometres of air. Crazy. Planes are quite small. 
Like, you know. No, no, no. You've been on a plane. No, this is, this is the Father Ted moment. They're small, far away. They're big. Because if they were really small, if they were like Lego small, they wouldn't take you anywhere. Like, you know. And I say this as somebody who has a chronic fear of flying. I, mean, I love it that that's versus, the takeaway. Versus 4.2 billion yeah. cubic kilometres. Small. That's that's you know, our takeaway from this podcast. The plane is both small and far away. Planes are small. But and far that away. means what they can spray is going to be so dilute that unless homeopathy is right, it's really not going to do anything you. To just you. want to hit everybody there, Bro, don't put you? Put some oh, arnica yeah. cream on a bruise. <laughs> put some arnica cream on a bruise and tell me it doesn't work. So we've got to the point of the podcast where we decide whether this specific conspiracy theory on chemtrails is fact or fiction. So Stella, what do you reckon? I'm sorry to disappoint the one in five of us who believe in chemtrails, but the four out of five are right. It is so not a thing. four out of five are right. James? Typ- typical politician, siding with the majority. I actually agree. <laughs> so you agree. And I would also like to say, I think chemtrails are a load of old bollocks. So with that bombshell, uh, I want to tell you that the new conspiracist has a newfangled thing called an email, where you can email us to tell us what you would like to see on the show. And that's hello at newconspiracist.com. So once again, hello at newconspiracist.com. We want to know what conspiracy theories you want on the podcast, what guests you want us to infuriate with our talk about small planes and Giant amounts of air. Just just to remind guests, less posh than jolly, and that's hello with an E. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. We will be back next week where once again we will be looking at what drives conspiracy theories in the world of the internet. So from me, Julian Rubenstein, James Ball, and Stella Creasy MP, good night. I know, I get it, once a week just isn't enough for you. So you can join us in Tier 4 Platinum Circle. Subscribers to Tier 4 Platinum Circle will get an extra episode every week. We'll be discussing new developments in the world of conspiracies, extended tangents, and subscribers get the exclusive opportunity to get in touch with James and I and tell us what we've got wrong. Plus, subscribers get all episodes of the show completely ad-free. Visit thenewconspiracist.com or go to the Apple Podcast page and hit Try Free. At the top of the page, you can start a free trial. You've been listening to The New Conspiracist with James Ball and me, Julian Rubinstein. Our producer was Hayley Clark. Our engineers, Jay Beal, Josh Gibbs, Gully Lawrence Tickle and Teddy Riley. Production coordinator was Lily Hambly. Our marketing coordinator, Emily Webb and our executive producer, Alex Lawless, with additional production from Chris Skinner.